Well, um, a number of weeks ago, we, we, uh, we never finished this series, but we started a series called Transformed into His Image. And then, you know, we just endeavored to be led by the Holy Spirit. We were talking about God being faithful, uh, you know, had a, serv- a series on that and just, you know, some other things that we've hit on. And of course, we got into the holidays and all that. We've you know, hit these things, but, I, you know, we weren't done with this. And uh, so we're going to pick up in this series, I believe this is part six uh, tonight. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. You can go back and listen to those messages and all the places where we post them, if you didn't hear them, or if you just want to hear them again. But 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So we're being transformed into the same image of Jesus. Uh, In the Amplified, it says, we all with unveiled face, continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are progressively being transformed into His image from one degree of glory to even more glory. In the message, it says, so we are transfigured much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like Him. In Galatians 4.19 says, My little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed within you. Now he's saying it to Christians, saying my little children, but then he's saying Christ is formed in you. So even though we're born again, we can become more like Jesus. You can become in your actual lives, the way you're living, become more and more like him. You have everything you, um, you know, you're, you're born again, you're created in the image of God on the inside, but you can grow spiritually. You're not done. You can renew your mind, but on the inside, you're growing. You're becoming stronger if we'll endeavor to cooperate with the Lord. Then the message, it says, do you know how I feel right now and will feel until Christ's life becomes visible in your lives? So, uh, you know, we talk about different aspects of this. Um, the fact that we can grow, the God, that the Bible talks about us growing, that you're not just done. Being born again is not the end. Being born again is a new beginning. Being born again means that you're a child of God, that you're able to commune with God, with your spirit. But we can grow in Him, and we ought to grow, and we should be further uh, as we go through time. We ought to be further five years from now, if we're still on the earth, you know, than we are... Um, well, regardless if we're on the earth or now, we still should grow. How is that all work in heaven, you know, as, you know, passed on this earth? I don't know. I know we're not going to know everything and everybody's going to be all on, on the same page. We'll see as we haven't seen, but we're not going to just become, I can see from Scripture that we're just going to become like the Almighty. I mean, we look like Him. We're made in His image, but we're not Him. We don't know everything He knows. I think we're going to be learning for the rest of eternity, and there's plenty to learn. So if God's infinite and He's been around forever, I mean that we can't actually comprehend this. If He's been around forever and He's infinite, knows everything, and then we're going to be around forever, well, He's already got an infinite head start on your infinity going forward. 
there really is no, you know, limit to infinity. You know, there's not two times infinity or double infinity. Just infinity is infinity. On the other hand, if he's been around and then we're going to be around, surely we could learn some things over time. So I, I, I think it's clear from Scripture, we're going to be learning. And so regardless, you know, how that works in heaven, we're not going to have a curse or in the new earth. I mean, there's no curse. So it's not going to be the same thing. You're not going to have the challenges that you do now, thank God. But anyhow, we're talking about what we're doing now. We know in the world that we live in right now, we're growing and learning, and surely we don't see as we ought to see. The Bible says we see as through a glass darkly. You do have challenges. So in what we do know right now, we know that uh, we should be growing. So in a year, we should be further than we are now. Well, how is that going to happen? It's going to happen by looking at, at the Word and letting the Spirit of God develop us and be led by Him. Uh, Ephesians 4 verse 20 says, But you have not so learned Christ. Indeed, uh, you have heard Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness." that you put on the new man. So you put off the old man, which is your old nature, and you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, so you're going to do something with your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. In uh, Colossians 3 verse 9, it says, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, for Christ is all in all. So it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. We've been created new. And so it says to put on your new man. It, uh, the Bible tells us to look to the word of God to grow. We're going to see that in a minute, but let's look at Matthew 6, verse 25. So we want to look at the Word. The Word of God is, gonna, um, is going to, uh, well, we are going to grow by looking at the Word, by growing in Him. Actually, before we go to Matthew 6, let's go to 1 Peter 2, verse 1, and then we'll come back to Matthew. Just read this while we're talking about, therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. So the word of God is going to enable us to grow. You're going to grow by reading the word, by meditating on the word. The Word of God is spiritual food, just like natural food is to our human, our, our natural body. The Word of God is to our spirit, and so you can grow. You can become strong and be all that you are supposed to be. Now let's look at Matthew 6, verse 25, what we were just saying we are going to go to. It says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you eat, what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
Notice what, what it says there, your heavenly Father. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither, uh, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Notice it says your heavenly Father there. But you seek, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, sufficient for the day is its own trouble." So this is Jesus talking about looking to the Father for your needs, not worrying about what you need, not worrying about the things on this earth. But he gives a couple examples. He said, look at the birds of the air. They don't do anything. They don't sow nor, sow nor reap, but your heavenly Father feeds them. Notice he said, your heavenly Father feeds them. And then he talked about clothing, and it doesn't do anything to clothe itself, but he said, you know, the beautiful lilies, they're, they're arrayed. Solomon himself wasn't arrayed like these. And then verse 32, for after all these things the Gentiles seek. So the Gentiles are seeking after all these things. But he's saying, you're, you're different. He's implying you're different. For your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. See, it says your heavenly Father knows what you need. Your heavenly Father knows you need these. And then he says, seek first the kingdom of God, and these things will be added to you. Don't worry. So it said, it's talking about, or Jesus is saying in these illustrations, he's, he's pointing us to the Father. He's pointing us to the Father. Well, how are you going to know the Father? Well, first... We are going to grow, and we need to grow. One way you're going to grow spiritually is by getting to know your Father, Be get, getting acquainted with the Father, not in a religious way, getting to know our Heavenly Father. Well, that's going to cause us to grow and to, to behave and act at a different level. And Jesus is talking about a Father that takes care of us. He's talking about a Father that will supply all of our need that we don't need to worry, that he'll take care of us just like a good earthly father would. Now, people have different experiences with fathers on the earth. Uh, we're talking about a, a good earthly father. You would expect them to take care of their children. You would expect them to provide for every need. You would expect the children not to have to fend for themselves and uh, provide for themselves. And this is what Jesus is saying with the Heavenly Father. Well, how are you going to know that? How are you going to know that he's, he'll do that? You go by what his word says. That's how we're going to get to know him. Um, Smith, Brother Hagin said this, There is no truth in all the Bible as far-reaching as the blessed fact that if we have been born again and come into the family of God, God the Father is our Father, 
and he cares for you. He cares for us. That fact, if we'll, if we'll get a hold of it and let that uh, cha- change the way we see things, that will revolutionize our lives because we'll be on a solid foundation. That will cause us to grow because you'll walk like you haven't before. We'll walk in confidence. We'll walk in peace. A lot of those things, they just come from knowing the Father. See, sometimes we're trying to do it in reverse, you know, and the Word of God will work in so many different ways, right? I mean, you don't, you're not trying to put us in a box, but sometimes we're trying to get a hold of a scripture that teaches a truth, but we don't have the foundation of what that scripture is saying relative to who we are to the Father and who the Father is to us. And if we just knew that, it would just follow that we would fall in line with that scripture. Like peace. Like what Jesus is saying here, he's at the end, if we go to... um, Verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, Matthew 6, 33, uh, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Well, he said that after he said, verse 32, for after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Then he said, seek first the kingdom of God. And he said, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Why? Because God the Father knows you need all these things. And so just seek him and his stuff, and these things will be taken care of. But what is it? Do you just, if you pull 34 out and just say, well, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, and just look at that. Well, I'm not supposed to worry. Well, why not, though? Because the Father knows you need everything. And the Father is your Father. He's my Father. Well, how do you get to know these things? Through the Word. And that causes us to grow. So in other words, if you look at somebody that doesn't have any idea about these things, could be fretting, could be upset, could be at peace, could always be wondering where the next thing's going to come from, they're they're walking at a certain level spiritually. But then you have somebody that's grounded in these truths and has let the Word of God change their thinking and they get to know the Father through the Word. Now certain circumstances come. They're acting different. They're acting like, well, I know my Father. He'll take care of that. See, that's a different level. Well, how do you get there? You let the Word of God change how we think. Smith Wigglesworth said, I can't understand God by feelings. I understand God the Father by what the Word says about Him. He is everything the Word says He is. Get acquainted with the Father through the Word. Get acquainted with the Father through the Word. You know, you don't get to know God through your feelings. Uh, You know, there's somebody a while back that wrote a book and decided they just asked God some questions. I don't even think they're a Christian. They're just going to ask, God, what about this? And then they just kind of listen and feel like they were getting answers, and the answers weren't scriptural at all because they think they're just just picking this stuff on the inside, and that's God's answering. And they contradict the Bible. That wasn't God. They're listening to something, but it wasn't Him. 
And sometimes people, you know, they'll, they'll approach God, well, I feel like God is this way. I feel like He's saying stuff, these things to me. I feel like this is okay to do in my life when it contradicts the Scripture. That's not how you get to know God the Father. We get to know God the Father by reading the Word, by becoming familiar with the Word. We let the Word dominate our thoughts, and we let the Word instruct us on how we approach the Father. You don't, we don't make up our own ideas about who the Father is. In fact, it's a mark of spiritual immaturity to be led all over the place by feelings or what we feel like God is today or feel like God is doing or saying instead of being solid on what the Word says and then not moving from that. A spiritual baby will be tossed everywhere by how they feel. They'll be tossed everywhere by how they feel about God. They feel like God is close, they're happy. They feel like God is far, they're sad. The fact is, God didn't move. Well, that's a mark of spiritual maturity when the winds are blowing and you're saying, well, God's right there. God the Father, I know Him. You know, these things aren't different so much from natural things. You know, if a father was there for his child, um, how the child reacts in certain situations, of course, the, the child will react based on their age. They might feel something about daddy, but a, a more mature, and they could act accordingly, a young child, but a more mature child should not be moved as much by what they see. A young child doesn't understand maybe what's going on, and daddy, are you going to be there? Daddy, are you you're not going to be there, whatever. But if the dad's proven himself over time, the child can act differently. They're, they're, they're basing it on more than just what the circumstance is because they've grown up a little bit. Well, we are to know God the Father. See, you don't see God with your eyes. You can't touch Him. We get to know Him through our spirit. See, He's alive to us. Well, you're going to feed your spirit. You're going to, to get to know what the Word says, which is spirit food, and you enlighten, you, you uh, renew your mind, enlighten eyes of your, your understanding through the Word, so your mind will start to agree with your heart. But you don't make this up. We, we do it with what the Word says. So you can know the Word... In, in, in what it says about the Father, and just stay strong on that, even when there's thoughts that are coming contradictory, you know, to the Word, or there, there's thoughts coming, something negative toward God, how do you combat those? You come right back to what the Word says, said, no, the Father is this, because it says in the Word, and that'll settle us. That's the, the, most, that's the most stable place you can be. That's how you combat those thoughts, is saying, no, because, you know, you can have accusing thoughts. Where's God? What's He doing? And you say, well, and if you quote a, quote a scripture, look it up. You know, if we can't quote it, we look at it. We go to say, no, the Word says this, and I believe that about Him. That's who He is. Well, that'll cause us to grow and cause us to act at a different level in the midst of circumstances for real. That's how we get through it. That's then, And when you see... God uh, doing what He said He's going to do and, and being who He said He is, 
through those circumstances, it makes you that much stronger. See, now you've gotten some history. You're starting to go through, and you're, you're not going to be pushed off as easy. What's that called? You're maturing. I'm maturing. We're getting stronger. Where we used to maybe just get pushed off left and right, we're saying, oh, no, I'm not moving. I know my Father. I know who He is. Matthew 7, verse 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you, this is Jesus, uh, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. What man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if uh, he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children or natural, you know, you being natural, just a person, uh, you know, you're not God, you're not. Uh, good in all things, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? That's our God. That's our Father. He's a good Father. And it's saying, Jesus is saying right here, if you, being natural, just you know how to get good gifts to your children, just being a natural person, we know what it looks like to be a good Father. How much more is God good? So if He's our Father, He's the best Father that we could ever ask for. He's better than any earthly father, and He'll do what, you know, our ideas of what a father should and shouldn't do, you know, some of that's just kind of ingrained. We kind of have a sense of right and wrong because it's been built into us, and it's enhanced by what the Word says. It's based on who God is, because God is holy, and He's righteous. And so... um, we expect, or we, we would think, we would see things in the natural, natural, you know, circumstance, a person or a father say, well, that's not right, or that is right. Well, God, He's, he's nothing but good. He's nothing but right. And anything that we think a father ought to do, God is to us. There isn't a circumstance where He won't come through or He won't do a father's part. He's not just God off on the, in the distance. He's God to the sinner, but to the child of God, He's Father. Well, how do, how do you grow in that? You let the Word of God get into you. Well, that's, that's my Father, and you act on it. See, the Word, it's going to grow in us. Uh, these things are going to grow by us acting like they're true. It's not waiting to feel like they're true. It's acting on what the Word says is true. Well, God said He's this, so He is this. And you act on it regardless of what you feel. Well, it'll, it, it will cause us to grow. That's walking in faith. And as we walk in faith, we're going to get faith results. So the God, the Father, He loves us. And this foundation will cause us to grow. Every, uh, anything else, as we're, we're talking about being transformed, we're talking about spiritual growth, you can't really have true spiritual growth if it's not on the foundation of your relationship with God through Jesus with the Father. Because everything that's been bought for us has been through Jesus, and He did, through, through His death, burial, and resurrection, through the shedding of His blood, He bought that relationship with the Father for us. And so if, if we're trying to get something from God without knowing who we are and knowing who we are to God the Father and knowing that relationship, we're not actually on a solid foundation. We're, we're, we can be creating kind of a religion. 
we're trying to receive just based on, you know, what somebody said or just the Scripture, but we really don't believe God loves us. Because if you believe somebody loves you, it changes everything. It changes everything. Your relationship with people is based on, on um, trust and ultimately, you know, you wouldn't say love in some relationships, per, uh, but really it's based on how they're interacting. And basically, if you know somebody cares for you or to do the right thing, which is love, but you wouldn't maybe say it that way, you know, with the business relationship or whatever. But if you know the person is uh, of character and walks like that, it's going to change how you react with them. You, a lot of fears and a lot of uncertainty just go away at that point. Whereas if you, do, if you think the person's out to take you, you're going to be on guard the whole time. You're, you're watching every word. Did they say this or did they say this? Or, you know, I, I don't want to be taken. And I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know their character. I don't know if they're going to do this or that. So that's why contracts are, you know, very detailed contracts are made. You don't really need any of that if you trust somebody. You don't. I mean, honestly, like, you know, Shelly and I are married. That is one of the high. that's probably the highest tier contract you can have on this earth. Everything that's mine is hers and vice versa. And there's no, we don't, we have a marriage license that we had to do for the government, but we didn't sign any written contract with each other. There was no prenup. There was no thou shalt this and that, and this is the terms of the contract. It was just, I determined I trusted her, and she determined she trusted me, and so, and we talk about this often. You don't really, I mean, that's one of the biggest decisions you're ever going to make, and sometimes you don't even realize the magnitude of what you're doing. But thank God, uh, you know, God can lead you and guide you, and we, we made that decision without any written contract. Well, the more you have... The more, if you, if you trust somebody, whatever it is, whatever relationship is, you don't really need all the written documents. Not that it's not wise to do that in certain things. But that's what it comes down to well, when we're dealing with God. Sometimes we're acting like, well, He is not really good on His Word because, I mean, it's, God said to remind me and come back. But if that's all we got is, well... I'm trying to make this scripture, I'm trying to pull these levers like making these scriptures quote-unquote work. Do we really know Him? Because if we really know Him and trust Him and He's our Father and a good Father, you're not trying to talk a good Father into doing what a Father does. He does it. And He's way out ahead of you. Isn't a good Father out ahead of the child? Should be. Child's like, well, how about this? And he's already thought about it months in advance. And they're just, it's dawning on them, hey, this would be, and Father's already got taken care of. Well, you think God's a little bit smarter than any natural father? So when when we're, our little tiny brains are just thinking, hey, God, you know, well, what about this? He's already seen ahead, made provision. Annie, you don't have to talk him into doing it. Because he's good, and he's your father, and he's a good father. 
So again, just, just erase anything that, you know, whatever our experience was, see, this is part of it, whatever our experience is with people and maybe even, you know, family or father or, you know, whatever that is, we have to renew our minds and realize God is our father and he's a good father. And what he says in his word about being a father is who he is. And so we Take that as truth. That's how you get to know Him. You don't get to know Him by comparing it to some failed example on the earth and say, well, God, this happened to me, so I don't know if I can trust you. He's not a person. He's not a man that He should lie. So how do you get to know Him? By His Word. And so you look at His Word and you start, so when the thoughts come, well, I don't know about God, you say, no, no, no. That's what he said. I believe that. And he is that, and he is a good father, and so I don't have to convince him to do what he said he's going to do. He's already, it was his idea. See, I'm not trying to make God do anything. When, see, some people have a misunderstanding when we talk about uh, confessing the word, speaking the word, saying, you're not, you're not commanding God to do something. People have a misunderstanding. You, we are saying what he said he was going to do, and we're stating it in this realm in our lives and confirming what he said he was going to do, and we're agreeing with what he said So, because we have authority in our life. And if we disagree with him, even though he's God, it's not going to happen in our lives. But if we say it was his idea, he loves me, and that's what's going to happen, it just gives him access to do what he wants to do anyway. You're not going to make God do anything He doesn't want to do. But if we understand our relationship, we'll understand we're not trying to talk Him in anything anyway. He loves us more than we could possibly imagine, which just cleans up a lot of these side issues. And we're not trying real hard to believe Him then. We're just saying, well, He is this, and He loves me, and He's going to take care of me. He's already got it figured out, and now we can start just resting in Him because He loves us. And if we know He loves us, everything else comes from that. And that's the issue a lot of times. We don't understand that. We, 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 I mean, we can't fully comprehend it, I don't believe, but we can't, we, we can't fully, the more we understand what He did, then, it, it, then uh, if He gave His own Son, God the Father gave His own Son for us, then how will He not freely give us all things, Romans says. So we, what, what is Jesus representing? It's the Father's love. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Well, if he gave me a son, he showed me he loves me, and he's my father. I really don't have anything else to worry about. Whether you're in a different place, you're walking in a different place spiritually. Then. That's growing up. You're, you're at a different place than majority of people on the face of the earth. Why? Because you took God at His word and believe, you believe that He is who He said He is and that He actually loves us. John 17, 23 says, this is Jesus, I and them and you and me, talking to the Father, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know <clears throat> that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Jesus is saying that you, 
God the Father have loved them, his disciples and us, we're his disciples, as you, as the Father, has loved me, Jesus. So in other words, God loves us as he loves Jesus. Now our mind can't really comprehend that, so how, are you gonna, how is that going to become real? We're going to take what the Bible says at face value. And we're going to say, God does love me as much as he loves Jesus. He loves me as he loves Jesus. Is there anything you wouldn't do for Jesus? No. Is there anything you wouldn't do for me? No. He gave Jesus for me. See, you don't try to figure that out. You just receive it. And you act like it's true. And now we grow. To the degree that we receive those things, to the degree that we receive the Word, then we're going in, in that truth, the more we're going to act like that's true, and we're going to receive the things that God has said in His Word. We're, gonna, we're going to be walking in a realm where we believe that God is, actually loves us, that He's actually our Father. Which will just answer so many questions right there. It'll change the way we behave. It'll change the way we react in situations. Because He loves us. So we relate to Him based on that love, based on what the Word says. And we remind ourselves of that. And if we have thoughts that go to the contrary, then we come back. And we remind ourselves again. And we just meditate on that. And we think about it uh, when we're in a tough situation. Well, God the Father loves me. And He's my Father. He's not just a God somewhere. He's my Father. So I'm going to trust Him right now. I'm going to take Him at His word. How do you combat the thoughts that say, well, He doesn't love you? With the word that says He does love you. And if you have to read it a hundred times in a row, that's what you say. No, he said he loves me like Jesus. So I, that's the father, that's my father, and I take that. Yeah, but it just won't stop. Well, you don't stop. Because it will stop. You know, we do, we give up. We say, well, I guess it's not for me. No, the word's for us. That's our Father. Something, somebody is trying to steal it from us. And as long as we let that be stolen, we'll remain. See, we're, we're not getting over that place where we've grown past that situation. We'll get knocked down. And so we'll just stay here. And, and it's not that God isn't who He said He is. It's that we're being stolen from and we're letting that happen. But when you start letting the Word stand on its own without our feelings, now we go past a certain level and we actually start taking what's ours, what God has already provided because we believe what He said and we act on it and we know that He loves us and we know that He's going to do what He said as a Father. Why? Because we see it? No, because His Word said it and we've chosen to take His Word, take Him at His Word and let His Word be the thing that gets us acquainted with Him and now we grow, and we walk in it, and it becomes real, and He is our Father in 
experience. Amen. Amen.